Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Glenn is sitting across from me, which means for the next hour we get to talk about the issues and problems and whatnot with your vehicle. It's that simple. Welcome to the program. Hold on a second. There we go. No microphone. (laughs) It's almost like we weren't prepared. (laughs) Rookie. Rookie. Well, but let's let's truth be told, Chris McCarty literally just, we just stopped having a conversation as the intro to the show was going. Lucky I had my headphones plugged in. It's getting deep as well. (laughs) I know. We're we're starting to talk about the the philosophy of of measurement for reach and engagement. You said the word quotient. (laughs) Yeah, I used that in there. after nine o'clock. Yeah, I know. Crazy. (laughs) <laughs> How's the week been for you, Glenn? Busy, yeah. increasingly busy. Yeah. That's good. It's good, really good. Yeah. I, I, I can, you know, my unscientific survey of what's going on in the roads is mm. measured by the number of recovery vehicles that are recovering vehicles with um, young families in them. I saw that yeah. today. Four vehicles had young families in them, and I know that because one of the parents. Typically, the mom was outside of that vehicle with yeah. the, the young kids. Yeah. And I said, oh, boy. And, you know, bonnet is up. It's a little bit of steam coming out. So I think <laughs> the overheating issues, a couple yeah. more. Who knows what was going on? But it, it seems I'm seeing more and more of this happening day and night. Yeah, and uh, I like to use the measure of how many tires I'm dodging. On the roads. I had to drive over one today. Ooh. I, you know, I, I, there were, I mean, only a piece, but I had a big truck on one side. I had a big truck on the other side. I had people coming up behind me, and I'm looking, and I'm going, I can slow down, and I can try and move over in my lane a little bit, which what I, which I did, but I just went, yeah. let's see if we can aim for the smallest piece, and let's <laughs> hope. Then, you know, And yeah. then when I got home, I did do an inspection of the tires. No cuts, no nicks that were visible, yeah. so I said, okay, this is good, but it was... And the guy behind me, the same thing. He's yeah. going, Whoa, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Gonna, One so. of the more, more and more reasons to leave a bit of space between people, mm-hmm. right? And, and I had space, but there was nothing. It was no, the you, side. It was the side yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. what can I do? And it was just like, okay, well, we take it as we get it. So what, what's yeah. coming into the what's coming into the workshop? Overheating. You know, overheating. Yeah, big big problem this week with overheating. And um, we tend to get it, obviously, a lot in the summer, but we have had a increase in the temperature outside the last few weeks yeah. and people are starting to realize that they've got small coolant leaks which maybe weren't a bigger issue a few weeks ago and traffic's a little busy now there's queues everywhere like we're doing well just on drive-by business because they're not really driving by yeah. you know i think some of them are just pulling in for a coffee because they'll sit outside our place for two three minutes you know and it, it really is busy. And when you've got no coolant in the car, you're going to overheat quick in a traffic jam. And I think sometimes people are doing a good job. They're heading to the, the Jiffy Lubes, we'll just call yeah. them that. And those guys are really good because they'll notify, hey, you've got a little bit of a leak here or this. Yeah. But but if it's such a small leak and it's leaking in a place that you don't actually visibly see it or smell it, and they're just topping up your coolant every time and you're not paying any attention, like, yeah. you never notice it. Until it's too late. That's it, yeah. You're going to be on your way to Rasal Kema for the weekend, or yep. you're going to be on your way down to Abu Dhabi for an important meeting, and 
get stuck in a queue and then before you know it the gauge is on red and it's beeping and flashing and then it's oh dear that is my biggest fear yeah. of all that is always I don't know I, I laugh because I'm just going oh please don't be me and that's because I drive you know 10 year old vehicles <laughs> I also do strive to keep them maintained so that that doesn't happen yeah and and I think this this is the message isn't it to folks who are out there in in vehicles to be doing those tests be doing those checks get the car in as often as you can for maintenance and uh, we'll we'll maybe spot that leak before it gets too too big. And that's the only real advice we can give. But for all the maintenance in the world, things will break at any time. And that's yeah. why it's important to have things like water, oil, and uh, even even just some screen wash in the yeah. back that you can then use in an emergency to get you, even if it's just to get you into a safe place yeah. to be recovered. What a, what a great piece of advice. And I think a lot of folks have pristine, I, I'll call it a trunk, but call it a boot or mm. the, the hatchback. They're pristine. There's nothing in there. Keep a quart of oil. Yeah. Keep a, you know, a couple liters of water. Yeah. Keep some window washer fluid. Yeah. When you get it serviced, say to the guys, "Can I have a liter or two of the oil that you've that you've given me, and you know that you filled my engine with? Can I have that?" And they'll sell it you. Why yeah. wouldn't they? You know. Yeah, and and everybody wins. You you keep a, a backup for your car. Keep it healthy, and, and the business make a bit more money. Everyone yeah. wins. No one's going to deny you that. And keeping water, two three liters of water. Yeah. You know keep it in the car because oh, it will save you and, and it will be the time that you need it that you think I wish I'd taken that and and look if your car overheats that the overheating light comes on pull over right away, away but also when you open up the bonnet do not open the cap on yep. the radiator you've got the overflow plastic thing you're going to notice probably it's empty mm-hmm. you might want to put some liquid in there but do not open the pressure no, cap we're dealing with a lot of pressure and it's, the thing is that while the system's under pressure, it's under pressure for a reason, and that's because it, it reduces the, uh, it increases the boiling temperature of the water in there. So it won't boil at 100 degrees, it will boil more than 100, like 104 or 5, depending on the pressure. Mm-hmm. But that, as soon as you release the pressure cap, I see people the water do this. boils straight away. Oh, it's like a volcano. Yeah, yeah, and you'll, it will, you'll yeah. burn yourself. I've seen them hit and dent bonnets. Wow. Obviously, the. The, the damage was done to the arm of the person that did that but yeah. I've you know the people tend to you can visualize the force to dent a bonnet and that's what it is it's it's going to hit that bonnet with some force and the reason it's hitting that is the water and steam that's behind it yeah. and it's it's a real danger that if you overheat don't open the coolant system yeah. for a good 20 minutes yeah. let it let it just do its thing yeah and that's when you get on the phone call the recovery truck yeah. and you know let people know that What's going on? Or have a walk. Yeah, have a walk. And, and, and that's the other thing. Make sure you put out the that triangle yeah. that you should have. Yeah. And the RTA and, and other agencies have te- checked for that. Make sure you put that out. And then don't stand behind your car. No. Because if someone isn't paying attention and they get too close, kaboom, you're, you could be Try a roadkill. the other side of a reservation if you can. Yeah. Because a car is a big target. And if someone loses control or they, they have to dodge a blown out tire or something that's fallen off of your car and they don't notice and then they hit your car, if you're in the car, you're more likely to be hit than in your own on the yeah. other side of it. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you wonder what you've tuned into. This is the Car Clinic. Glenn, that car guy. Or Glenn, joining us from GT Autos. <laughs> oh, Glenn, that car guy. That's his handle on all socials if you want to go find him. He always posts up some neat stuff. We'll talk a little bit about a Maserati later on. <laughs> uh, but Glenn, Glenn, that car guy, is here from GT Auto Center. We are talking about how you can keep your car running safe and smooth for uh, for you know in, in, eternity, really. 
until you decide you got to trade it in. And uh, in my case, that'll be never. So <laughs> keep them going and keep Just these electric keep, vehicles off the road. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> if you got any questions, queries, comments, you know what? This is how you get involved with us right here on Dubai Eye 103.8 FM. The program you're tuned into is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. And we're offering you advice on car maintenance, car repair. If you've got questions, Glenn has the answer. Do not hesitate to get in touch with us. There is no dumb question. You might say, oh, I'm sure you guys have answered this before. You know what? We might have answered it months ago. Fire it in. We might have answered it last week. Fire it in. We will answer it again. Because if you didn't hear it last week or last month, then you need to have that answer. And that might mean the difference between you sitting on the side of the road, scratching your head, going, huh, what is going on here? Or going, glad I was listening to that show. Mm. It's that simple. Yep. Dave's come through, and he figures that he's not sure about the rules, but he thinks that most of the blown-out tires on the road are from retreaded tires. And he, uh, he's, he's got some pretty strong feelings about that, thinks they should be illegal. I agree. Yeah. Not sure whether it would be down to purely retread but i agree that retread should be illegal and i'm not sure on the rules either we don't do it but we don't deal with the heavy commercial stuff so there's a there's retread treads everywhere yeah even back home there's i i you know it's it's a lot of it comes down to those tire inspections and it was there was an interesting article actually in the gulf news i believe Hmm. this week talking about the licensing for transport trucks and if I'm, I, I'm, someone will correct me if I'm mistaken, but as I understand it right now, you don't necessarily have to have a driver's license for a car to get a heavy transport truck driving license. So there's not that logical stepping stone. Yeah. You still have to go through training and stuff to do things. But I was kind of going, ooh, okay, so what are, what are the other pieces of that basic maintenance and ba- yeah. basic check that you do with the air brakes, with the tires, whatnot, that possibly... Folks coming from different countries have different uh, practices. Yeah, I, I I see every morning when I drive into work, the, the road I take in, there are RTA and police vehicles every morning in the same spot stopping these heavy trucks, yeah. and they're checking them. They're checking yeah. paperwork. They're checking the way station receipts and the yeah. slips, and they're checking everything. So they are cracking down. I so mean, they are cracking down. But hats I, off to the RTA. Yeah, definitely. They end do the a great place. job. Yeah, and 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 the end of the day. As Dave said, it's probably a lot down to retread tires. Yeah. But for me, knowing how and what I see out there, I, I think it's just down to poor maintenance of the yeah. tire pressure and also overloading. And, you know, if you're doing the visual checks, I, I've, I've often seen folks when they're doing these tests back home, they've got kind of like a baton. They're tapping the tires to hear if they hear, well, I guess they're retreads to hear if they yeah. hear hollow spots. Yeah. And just looking, doing that visual check, and do we have enough tread on this tire? And, you know, again, hats off to the police and the RTA yeah. for pulling these vehicles over and saying, hey, this is this is dangerous yeah. for you and for everyone else on the road. Yeah, for the, sure. the frightening one is, if you want to see trucks, do the uh, Umal Quain Ajman Sharjah run, or coming in from Rack, where our, our friend Andrew Thomas mm. uh, is uh, often out Rackway, and uh, you you do that run in the afternoon or in the mornings and check out the number of trucks oh, yeah. that are on that back road. On the em- they're on Emirates Road. Bumper to bumper, oh. touching all the way. I, yeah. I counted one time. I, I lost count after 200. Bumper yeah. to bumper, yeah. 200 heavy loaded trucks. Yeah. Now, where are they coming from? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a huge, huge industry, though. Mm. Heavy haulage like that. And yeah. 
as much as you know, we 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 agree that there's a good job being done, they can you know sometimes it's just too late, and yeah. it's down to the owner and down to the driver, and it's the same with light vehicles and and passenger cars that we that we tend to talk about, you know don't take tires for granted it's, it's a pain having to change them when there's plenty of tread left on them at five years but the reason the rta tell us to do that is because it's safety yeah the safety of you but everyone else on the road as well yeah when that I, tire blows out it takes yeah. out part of your car takes out the guy beside you someone and runs over it takes out their tire takes out the undercarriage next thing you know they've got issues yeah it's, it's a domino effect yeah and the noise of it oh. the sheer force of it is going to shock you into a slower reaction time basically you're going to react a lot slower than even if you think you could keep control of it which most people manage but it's going to be a hairy few seconds till you get to the side of the road and safe again and even if i diligently change my tires every year to make sure they're safe if there's someone else on the road that isn't doing that then i could be the one that comes off worst These are great questions coming, Glenn. And by the way, if you want to get questions into us, this is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. My name is James Pikeway, if you're wondering what you're listening to. The battery indicator is coming on, the message message says, uh, on every other day for a few minutes. What do you think the issues this could be pointing at are? Well, battery, so it's not consistent. Yeah, battery warning light normally comes on when we have uh, under voltage. So it's normally down to the fact that the alternator on the engine isn't charging the battery to the right level. Uh-huh. It could be that the belt is loose and the alternator isn't turning properly. They're typically belt driven, um, although not always, but they're typically belt driven. So it could just be something simple, which is great. If that's all it is, fantastic. Change the belt or maybe a tensioner and then you solve the problem. It could be that the alternator is wearing out. It could be that it's seizing up. It could be some other pulley on that system seizing mm. up. Because typically, again, you don't have a belt just driving the alternator. It's normally your multi-belt that's driving a few other components. So if there's another component seizing up, stopping the belt rotating, then again, the alternator can't charge if it isn't rotating. Okay. So so the fact that it's intermittent is uh, a little bit of a pre-warning, really. Yeah, it's time to get it checked before you end up 45, 50 kilometers from anywhere and that light doesn't go off. Or you know what's going to happen? You're, you're going for a job interview <laughs> and you go out to get in that car and yeah. not only is the battery not working, but the alternator's not working. So even if you replace the battery, that thing's not going to run. Yep. Oh, exactly. you, you know that happens to at least two people. A day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely time to get it done. You've got a nice early warning there. No, some people aren't that lucky. Mm. Uh, so definitely get that checked, yeah. So, but it, it could it be as simple as the battery itself just isn't charging? Could be the battery. The battery has to accept the charge to... The battery ultimately completes the circuit. Mm. So it could have an issue with the battery. It could be even the loose terminal. It could just be a simple matter of taking that terminal, tightening up a 10 mil nut. It could be that go. simple, but... Without checking it, you're never going to know. And if you leave it, like you say, it's going to bite you. Hmm. Here's another one that's come through. The old Merc, I guess we're talking Mercedes-Benz, seems to have had a rapid fuel consumption gain overnight. (laughs) Any idea what this might be about? I wonder how old this is. Hmm. But rapid fuel consumption overnight. I can sympathize. But we, we actually spoke about something like this not so long ago. Yeah, fuel consumption is starting to become... A concern here. Right? It wasn't when I first moved here. It's obviously a lot more expensive to buy fuel now, but also people are getting much more environmentally aware. Yeah, everyone's all up for this, and uh, you know me, I'm up for it as well. Doesn't mean that we don't still have to drive cars, so we have to use the fuel. But if it's an instant 
immediate overnight problem then there's obviously something failed mm. either the fuel that's gone in there is poor um, which if that's the case you need to get that checked it needs to be drained and then the filter probably changed and 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 make sure that you can figure out what's wrong with that fuel has it got water in it or is there some other contaminant in it if your vehicle was misfiring that could lead to something like this but yeah. would what are the telltale signs of a misfiring vehicle would you notice it Depending on the age of it, you would get a real stark difference in performance. So you would notice the power wasn't there. You would notice that potentially you'd have more of a shake or a vibration from the engine because it's going to go out of balance because one of the cylinders isn't firing as it should. So you're going to get feelings, physical feelings like that. You might get a smell of raw fuel. Hmm. Because if it's an older vehicle, it's not going to shut down the fuel delivery. So the injector on that cylinder that, or cylinders that are misfiring on a modern vehicle will be turned off to stop damaging the catalytic converter. But if it's not a more modern vehicle and it's an older one, as the message implies, then it might be that you smell raw fuel. So these these are things and signs to look at. If it's a modern, more modern vehicle, then you might have a flashing engine warning light. Okay. An engine warning light can come on for any reason, but if it's flashing, it means that it's causing damage to the catalytic converter. Do, now, do all vehicles that have that engine light, do they do they have a default that it'll flash? Yeah, if there's a misfire, the engine light should flash. Yeah. Okay. So f- pay attention to your warning lights. Yeah, pay attention to that. And there's a lot of information in the owner's manual, but any workshop worth its weight will be able to talk you through that if you give mm-hmm. them a call. That's another good idea. Read the owner's manual. Hmm. I mean, how many of us do that? Like, not? The radio section. <laughs> how to set the That's date it. and time. That's it. I read that about every other week <laughs> because you think I would have remembered how to do that, but <laughs> it, no. Yeah. That's yeah, the stereo section, and I don't think people typically look at where you should put your jack, but I think that... Yep. That is a really good one to look at and to have an idea what the indicator lights indicate. Exactly, yeah. So you know, those pages should have a little sticky note on them so you can easily get to them. But it's uh, the owner's manual is, is something we don't spend enough time on. A lot with. of information in there. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And you can answer a lot of questions and oh, yeah. avoid yourself going and looking silly. Or at least when you get to your workshop, you can look very intelligent. You can say, well, what about this oil versus oil? You know, the manufacturer is suggesting and they're going to look at it. How do you know that? <laughs> Read the manual. Yeah, you might be able to educate them. You, you never know. Yep. Wondering what you've dialed into, by the way. This is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. We are helping you keep your ride running. It's that simple. We're fixing cars on the radio. Glenn joining us in studio from GT Auto Center. This is the Car Clinic. We're fixing your car right here, right now, on the airwaves. It's, it is that simple. We've got some great texts coming in from, from Tahir. He's got one that's, that's fantastic. It says, as a 2015 Corolla LE... And uh, he it's registered. Uh, he got it registered in 2016. He wants to know first when is the best time to sell the car to have minimum loss. I don't know. That's a tough one. You know. Yeah. I. I mean, the the thing is that you need to keep it for a long time to make it worth it because the depreciation when you drive out of the showroom is there, isn't it? As soon as it leaves the showroom, yeah. it's done. If you're if you're trying to game the system, ultimately you want to have a little warranty left on it, so that yep. some, you know probably a year, mm. so that someone is going to look at that and say, okay, look, I've got a safety net here. Yep. But ultimately, do you like the car? Because if you yeah. like it, that thing's that thing will drive. We had someone the other day who uh, was over 300,000 kilometers in a Corolla, and they were happy as could be. Yep. So that's the, that's the first part. Yeah. The second, he wants to know when I'm driving at a speed above 80 kilometers an hour, feels uh, I I fe- he feels lots of noise. 
So you know exactly what he's talking about yeah. there. He says, I've replaced the tires a few months back. I drove a Honda Civic, and it was very quiet as c- compared to my car. What might be the reason? Thanks. Well, we're probably talking about tire noise yeah. based on the fact that you've replaced the tires. It's the noise too, though. But, so, yeah, and so if, but if you're feeling it, we could have something like a uh, damper or shock absorber, as some people call them. Uh, you could have a, other suspension issues. You could have a wheel bearing. You could have a bent rim. Uh, there could be a list as long as yeah. you can ever imagine of, of reasons why we have that noise. Obviously, without hearing it, it's hard to say. Well, the other side could be which tires did you replace with? Yes, yeah, so are, are more are they are they typically noisy tires? There are tires out there that that we won't name, but people ask me about which tires to go for. We'll give them yeah. a range when we recommend to change them, and and there are some where they'll say, which one do you recommend? And I can just sometimes say, well, that tire on your vehicle tends to be more noisy than the others yeah. and there are noisy tires out there so it could just be that yeah, it, so there's a lot of things you, you basically want you, i guess it, the first course of action might be to go back to the folks who sold you the tires yeah. and have a conversation if you're thinking that you're not going to get an objective analysis from them mm. possibly you want to go and have a chat with the garage that, that you frequent and say, okay, look, yeah. this is what I'm looking at. What do you think is yeah. the situation? Get a second opinion. I mean, if you change the tires to cure the noise and it hasn't, or it did and now the noise has come back, it could be that it's the wrong kind of tires. Yeah. It could be that there's a wheel alignment issue or a geometry oh, issue that's there that's wearing that. them out, and that could be the problem. Um, we, we had a vehicle in, it was a, a F-150, and the customer brought it in and said, I think my brakes are stuck. So we went to drive down the road, couldn't feel any heat on the brakes, so we went to drive down the road, and there it was. It sounded like a movie car chase. There was just a screeching noise, and it was the fact that the tires were not towing properly. So the tow angle on the tires, which is the the direction that they they point, was extreme and ah. they were dragging and screeching down the road and they had some suspension work done on that vehicle or yeah okay it lifted it ah uh, there we go so that was the issue so we got it in and we had to do it manually because there was no data for that vehicle now it was three inches higher than it should have been but we got it there and we did it manually and uh no more noise yeah simple yeah so there's there are all sorts of different issues that that could be at play here um, probably to hear the the easiest thing to do is go to your you know chosen preferred garage and have that conversation with yep. them to see if that's the case. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we're gonna head over to line uh, three and we've got uh, Abdul Rashid joining us on the line. <laughs> I think I need new glasses. <laughs> Esther's looking at me and I, we got everything up on the screen. Start with that Abdul Rashid and I'm going, I have no idea. I can't see anything on the screen, <laughs> it's, but it's in big, bold letters. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening. How are you? Good evening, gents. I'm well, thank you. Um, just a quick question on uh, inflating tires. Uh, during a journey, even, even if it's a short uh, journey or, or uh, maybe a longer journey, the tire pressure obviously will be uh, variable in terms of what, you began the journey when it was at the beginning. Yep. Now, when you're inflating tires during the journey, what is the situation there? Uh, well, for example, I've got a Toyota Fortuner. It's uh, 29 psi is recommended pressure on the tires, but that's when it's cold. Like yeah. uh, when you're driving, um, even if it's a ten-minute drive, the pressure of the tire will actually, I think, increase. Yeah. Uh, when you're re- inflating the tires during a journey, what's it, what's the rule there? Well, the cold 
tyre inflation pressure is all that we get typically from the manufacturer. Uh, unless you're dealing with race cars and they have their tyres heated before they get on the track, that's different. We only ever get a cold tyre inflation pressure. So the reason they set it at a cold is because, as, the, as you rightly said, when tyres are used, they get hot through the friction they create with the road and that then causes the pressure to increase. So when you are inflating them to 29 at cold, the manufacturer is expecting it to get 30, 31, even more than that when they're warm. So when they're warm, what you really need to do is set them cold and then dry for 10, 15 minutes, get them hot, and then maybe check the pressure on them and then you'll see what it goes to. So then if you are ever caught in a situation with a flat, then you can have a gauge on how high they tend to get when they have the right amount of air in from cold and you can make sure you don't go too high and over that but we have to remember that we're we're putting warm air in even at a service station it's coming in it's pretty warm anyway because it's it's in the lines it's in the it's stored compressed compressed air gets warm uh, it's like when you pump a bike tire up the pump gets hot so we're still putting hot air in there which in its own is going to then contract when it's cold so getting an idea of what the pressure goes to when the tires are warm after filling them to the correct pressures cold is is probably the only sensible way to do it and that would be my advice because all tires the sizes and the the, the use varies does that answer your question it does it does just i was just rather unaware of, of what pressure would be uh, to, to, to affect the tyre when you're, when you're in, uh, on a journey and need to increase the pressure. But that, that, that was very useful. Thank you very much. No problem. Wonderful. Hey, thank you very much for calling and uh, safe journeys this evening. Thanks. Bye. It's always nice to have a, a chat with folks who are uh, participating in the program. Yeah, that was a good question, actually, because yeah. people don't realise that the pressure they have to put in there you never is think about this. cold. Well, especially, you know, you've been driving, 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 and then you think, hey, I'm going to go check the pressure on my tires. You rock up at the service station. Those tires are hot. Yeah. And so if your tires are hot and they're underinflated, imagine what they're like when it's low, when, it, when they're yeah, cold. Exactly. And, and the thing is that you'll have that, right? So most people, like we said about water and oil in the back, most people don't have a pump or an electric compressor, which, again, we should really say, if you can get one, get one. Because... Yeah putting air in your tire when it's cold firstly like you say it's safer yeah. because they're hot yep. and you don't want to be touching them and if you accidentally end up catching the rim and you've been braking yeah. a lot and there's another reason to have that pump in there as well lilo's at the beach <laughs> yeah how many times yeah. have you been the person who's got to inflate that you know the 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 white unicorn floaty ring that's you paddle know, board yeah Imagine that person yeah. who's got to do, and they're doing it by hand. When yeah. you can say, "Oh, you know what? I'm I'm always prepared. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, yeah. a pump in the back of the vehicle. Goes into a 12 volt socket. Yep. There I we can go. just drink my iced tea and watch it go. There yeah, we go. That's it. But also, it it serves you very well because you know that you're going to be somewhere like in Liwa at the Liwa Hotel, <laughs> and you're going to wake up in the morning, and you're going to go out there, and you're going to say, "Man, my tires are really low," mm. and you're not going to know, "Oh man, what have I got to do with this?" Just Boom, you inflate it to the correct pressure. Yeah. Done. One PSI difference in the tire is a huge difference in the in the way it reacts and, and it, it changes the whole function of the tire just by over inflating it or under inflating it, even by one PSI. There we go.
that simple. Uh, we got a great message coming through from Tins. We're going to get to that right after this. Wondering what you've tuned into, this is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. If you've got issues with your vehicle and you're trying to figure out what's going on, this is the place you want to dial into. Dubai I 103.8 <laughs> Car Clinic is the program. Glenn is here from GT Auto Center, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're fixing your car. This is a this is a great one. Uh, going going over the speed bumps, the right rear wheel is hitting with a knocking sound like it's hitting its limit. Do you think it's the suspension or the spring or or or? Again, without hearing it, it's hard to say. It's unlikely to be a broken spring. That's not that common here, um, but it it does happen still. Uh, it does seem more like the suspension's traveling too far and. So maybe the damper is not maybe doing its the dampening job. had enough and it's maybe a, got no oil left. There's a rubber stopper, right? That's whatever they, what do they call those? The bump stopper. stops. The bump stop yeah. there, that makes sense. Yeah. So possibly he's, he's grounding out with the bump stop. Possibly broken, but the bump stop shouldn't really be coming into play on a speed hump unless you're attacking that speed hump know. like you're trying to flatten it. Which I see people doing. That's pretty much the way I drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, car the car can't clear that thing. <laughs> Doesn't deserve to have the name Jeep on the front. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll clear it. Just not many times. Yeah, so far, no. so good. I see some real yeah. attempts at taking oh. these speed humps. People are angry at speed humps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's when you Seriously. see the gouges on the other no. side. Because I mean, I, it's business for me. You know, yeah. I... Sort of, yeah, I'll see Stand that at cost, the other side yeah. and give out cards. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Come and see me. Encouraging people to speed up <laughs> on the speed humps. Yeah. yeah. No, it's um, it sounds like it's traveling too far. You shouldn't really bottom out on a speed hump mm. unless you're going too fast. In which case, think about the yeah. speed. It's the the hump is normally there for a reason. Big people in the back seat. Maybe, maybe okay. I've listened to the fitness show. Yeah. Or you've just got too many, you know, sacks of. Planting soil in the boot of the vehicle? Yeah, is it always on the way back from the garden center? But if it's yeah. none of those things, probably need to go just get that checked. Just in. get it checked because, again, if it is a damper, then that is something that's yeah. going to that wear tires out as well. I had that issue once and exactly wore out the tires. Yeah. And it was kind of uh, going down way too far. Yeah. And you would get quite the bottom out. So. Yeah, and if it starts to fail on, on, on both sides, you end up driving around almost like you're at sea and you'll yeah. get seasick i saw a car like that the other day driving i was i was driving behind it i just thought wow that's got to be really odd to be in that vehicle yeah so we get it all lot, the time a lot of bouncing it's not fun driving those cars on road test <laughs> yeah uh, so there we go i hope that sorts you out definitely it sounds probably like you got some yeah, dampers does, does sound some like shocks yeah go check it out Here's another one that's come through from Tins. My car failed the carbon test at the RTA. What could be the problem? It's a Peugeot 308 2011 year model. Well, I mean, it's failed on the emissions. They'll read carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. It's failed on, on the high reading of, of one of or both of those. It normally would be down to a misfire on a vehicle that's relatively modern although that's already seven years it's it's normally down to a misfire but you can't rule out things like air leaks and because it's leaking air so it's basically taking air in after the point at which that air is measured uh, the vehicle will detect that from its emissions the oxygen sensors and it will try and inject more fuel to counteract it so it could be down to an air leak it could be down to a misfire it really is something you need to get checked because the reason they test for that is to save the environment but also 
it's going to have an effect on the vehicle and if it's down to a misfire then it's going to damage the catalytic converter mm, okay. and that's an expensive repair yeah, yeah tell me about it yeah some vehicles have two. I don't know about the Peugeot. So definitely take it into the garage. Yeah. This is this is not an uncommon thing, but no. you know it, it might just be down to you got a faulty spark plug. It, of course, you know, the wires that do. Simple, yeah. the, the wires. It depends when you last had those changed. Uh, I I had a vehicle a couple of years ago, one of the ones I'm driving now, but it was it was it was just running rough. Yeah. Changed the wires, ran like a top. Yeah. That'll have a coil pack on there, but it will be a potential uh, cause of the fault so it, it definitely check it out before it starts to damage the catalytic converter there we go that easy uh one other one that's come through from uh, sanjay says uh, he's actually and this is typically a a question that we have for car talk but you know we'll, we'll fire it in here since he did fire it through to us sanjay wants to know about the bmw x1 what are your thoughts considering getting one wants to know if it's a good car what you, you ever tested one james i've never driven an x1 but i drive by them a lot and I, mm. I do think they look kind of cool. Mm. With a BMW, it's a BMW. So it's still a quality car. It's always going to be quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a small vehicle, though. It is small, yeah. Ish. But that means you get, or you'd hope that you're going to get better fuel economy. And it's not going to be as expensive to maintain as an X3 or an X5. Mm. Right. So there's good good side to it being small. Repair-wise, coming into your place, do you see it's lots of It's still a BMW. Okay. So repairs are BMW repairs. Yeah, that, right. That's something that's not going so to change. A, there's a price tag on those as well. So, yeah. yeah. I know Shazad is driving an X3 right now, and if you go to the Facebook page of Motoring Middle East, I'm sure they'll have that up very shortly. I saw mm. it yesterday in the parking lot, the new X3, mm. whatever, 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 with the numbers on it. A little bit bigger than the current X3s, the brand new, and it, it, was, it was nice looking. It was pretty sweet. Mm. I was very impressed with it. Um, but you know the X1, you know, that's that's got a weird shape. I kind of like the weird shape. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it's different. They carved out a bit of a new segment with that. But I, I would I would go and test one. Yeah, um, go drive it first and and seeing if it's if it's going to be a brand new one, then great. If it's going to be a used one, go and find out how much it's going to cost you in ownership. There we go. That's a good question. Let's head to the phone lines. Uh, good evening, Ahmed. Welcome to the program. Hi, hello. Hey, well, great to hear from you. How are you? Thanks, very well, thank you. So you've got some uh, fuel consumption issues? Yes, I just bought a Nissan Super Safari okay, uh, about a, two weeks ago. A new one or a used one? No, a new one, brand new from the dealer. Okay. Mm. Yes, and I'm still trying to get used to the fuel consumption of the car. Uh-huh. Uh, my question is, uh, is there any way um, I can amend it or change the fuel pumps or anything that's just going to make it uh, use less fuel? That is a thirsty yeah. vehicle, but a very nice-looking vehicle yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's a, it's a good yeah. vehicle to own. I mean, with fuel consumption, um, it's crucial with it being a new one that you respect the engine as you run it in. So be careful with the RPM, be careful how you run it in. All the information will be through the service advisor or the salesman um, that you got the vehicle from. And uh, then you need to think about how you drive the car now while it's new while it's new the engine's tight it's running in and everything's all got to start to run and the fuel consumption will be a lot higher now than it will be potentially in two or three thousand kilometers so don't make any judgments now on how it is it's not a reflection of how it will be that being said you need to maintain it you need to keep the oil in the engine clean and fresh to help you need to keep tire pressures maintained you can 
make some changes to software to spark plugs things like that to try and improve that uh, air filters exhausts things like that but it's a brand new vehicle it's going to have warranty on it you need to be careful with what that means for the warranty as well but just run it in before you make any judgments on the economy what's the typical run-in period you want to go at least two or three thousand kilometers yeah. and there should be an oil change as well in that time so after your first oil change you want to reassess and take a look but yeah. keep in mind you've got a warranty and you don't want to do anything that's going to avoid that yeah for sure Th- those those are great vehicles but notorious for being thirsty hmm. that's right that's right yeah. even when you go to the desert for half an hour it's yeah. going to take a lot of water yeah. off the tank yeah a hey, lot of people on the, in those tends to have a jerry can on the back full of fuel. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, wh- once you once you're out of warranty, there there again, you've got some programming options and things like that that might help you for a few liters a kilometer, but mm. uh, for 100 kilometers. But it's it's a it's it all comes down to the engines they've put into those vehicles, and they're not necessarily the most fuel efficient. No. Yep, that's correct, that's correct. I just noticed it. It's a new car. Yeah. I've driven different cars before, and I'm just trying to get used to a different consumption. It, Even the price is, 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 takes a lot. Yeah. You know, Ahmed, we'd love to hear from you after you've done 5,000 kilometers, what you've noticed with it, if, yeah. if the consumption has gone down a little bit. Sure, sure. Wonderful. Sure. Thank you. Thank hey, you thank, thank you very much, and uh, congratulations on that new, that new uh, Super Safari. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Ahmed. Bye. Bye. There we go. Um, that's that's the biggest complaint I hear about those super safaris. They're beautiful looking. They're still making them, but they're thirsty. Very, very, very thirsty. thirsty. Yeah. Very thirsty. Uh, we're already over time. We're going to do one more because uh, what it's are we here. a sports show? Yeah, we are. We are. We're doing a Chris McCarty, <laughs> but the problem is I'm eating into my next show. <laughs> so, Sorry, Andrew. The, the only person who's suffering is me. <laughs> oh man, uh, we got a great message comes through. It says good program. They don't say who they are, but they they're saying this is a really good program. Oh, it's, it's this probably, is why you wanted to yeah, read this. It's a really, out, it? really good pro. Esther, we're sending this one up to the top. Okay, good program. My engine runs fine at idle and when it's hot, but when I'm accelerating just after a cold start, the engine almost stalls. Best regards, four by four nut. Yeah, so it runs fine at idle when hot, but accelerating when it's yeah. cold. So it sounds to me like you might have an issue with the spark on the engine. It could be that it's the enrichment, so the extra fuel it gets when it's cold. Maybe the spark plugs aren't quite in the best condition and it's causing a bit of an issue. It could even be something like a dirty throttle body that just needs a clean. So getting that checked quickly again, because if it is down to a poor spark, all that fuel's not getting burnt and it's going to damage the catalytic converter if it has one fed, which it most likely has. So definitely get that checked as soon as you can because you might have a similar situation to uh, Tins with his Peugeot and you might fail the emissions test as well. There we go. Hey, thank you very much to everyone who participated this evening in the show. Calls and SMSs. It's great to have so many people uh, hanging out with us mm. and really appreciate you taking the time. We know you have a choice that you could be somewhere else, but you're here with your friends uh, and that being myself and Glenn from GT Auto Center. If you want to get a hold of Glenn, go check him out there. Find him on his socials, Glenn that car guy, all one word. Find him on Instagram. Posts lots of great, cool stuff up there. Twitter as well. Uh, Glenn, we'll do it all again really soon. Thank you very much Thanks, for coming James. out. See you next week.